Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Are you okay? Hi and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Michael Ajakwe Jr. is the founder of LA WebFest, the world's first, largest, and most popular web series festival. This Emmy-winning producer, Eve Talk Soup, and sitcom writer Martin Sister Sister, who has personally viewed over 1,500 different web series, is considered an expert on web series, and his counsel is sought worldwide. In 2011, he helped launch Marseille WebFest, Europe's first web series festival in the south of France, was honored with a medal to the city, uh, to the city by mayor. And also, Michael is the creator of Web. LAWebFest.com. I'm going to give that uh, web address again just to make sure you're able to uh, get that down. That's LAWebFest.com, which in 2016 broke new ground as the first web series festival held at the major Hollywood TV and film studio Warner Brothers. LA WebFest 2017, taking place in April, will mark the eighth edition of Michael's groundbreaking international event. And Carol, I understand Michael has connections all over the world with other web festivals as well. Yes, Claire, he's a pioneer in the WebFest world, and we're so honored to have you, Michael. Well, I'm honored to be here, uh, ladies. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. I'm really excited to be on your show today. Thank you. Well, we want to know how and why you started the WebFest. Well, I started LA WebFest uh, almost by accident. I made a web series myself in 2009. And, uh, you know, I come from television. I'm a television writer, producer of the last 20 years, 25 years. And I, I heard about this web series thing. I didn't understand it. I spent almost a year just watching web series. I didn't make any. I just watched it. This is in 2007. And then in 20, I mean 2008, I'm sorry, in 2009, I decided to make one. I made three episodes of, a, of, a, of an idea that I came up with, and then from those three, I made three more, then I made three more, then I made three more. I made a total of 12 episodes. And I would watch them in an edit day with my editor, just he and I in the dark room watching them and laughing and having a good time. And then we, we kind of, after a while, we kind of felt a little claustrophobic and said, wow, we need to share this. We, sh- we shouldn't just be experiencing this ourselves. I wish we could share this with uh, with our friends and family and other people. And, uh, and I, I said, you know, someone needs to start a festival. I didn't want to do it. I wanted someone else to do it. So I waited the rest of the year out. And no one, I didn't hear about anyone else doing a festival. So I decided, well, how hard can it be? You need a you need a room. You need a big screen to come, you know, a big screen in the room and at least a couple, maybe 100 seats or 50 seats. And so I just uh, used an old theater that I was doing plays. I have a theater background, so I used a theater that I had done many plays at in, in the Miracle Mile area called Stage 52. It's no longer in existence. but uh, And I held the first, uh, what I didn't know at the time was the first web series festival in the United States and in the world, that a festival dedicated exclusively to promoting and showcasing web series. And uh, and that's kind of how it started. It was, it was done. It was my New Year's resolution uh, in 20, going into 2010. 
And by March, at the end of March, it was, it, it, was, it was over. By the end of March, it was over. It, it was done the last three days in March. And um, I was shocked at how many people came out of it. Uh, we probably had 1,500 people come through to see the, to the festival. We had about, we had about I don't know, 70 shows in the festival, 80 shows. I know we had 50 shows in the festival. And wow. we, had, I, we had so much support, not just from Los Angeles, from New York. We had people come from other states. And we had people come from Mexico and one from Canada. I was like, wow, they're, they're making these shows in Canada? They're doing this in Mexico? I was so surprised. And every year it's just expanded. It's just gotten bigger and bigger. And I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, web series is, is being done all over the world. It's not an American phenomena. It's a world phenomena. It's a worldwide phenomena. And it will, and this is exciting. Tell us, do you see people who put product up ter- getting something back for it? For example, do they get to sell their web series or get purchased or hired by someone? Well, some some do, but it's it's no different than filmmaking. I mean, most people that make films don't sell them. Most people that make it, most <laughs> yeah. short films, there's no, there's no market for short films. You might want, maybe you want a festival, you might win five hundred bucks. But a short film is viewed as a, a way to showcase your talent, to show the industry what you can do with, in 20 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Most people that make films, if they're lucky, they get a DVD deal. It goes to DVD because Hollywood only releases a handful of films uh, theatrically. So, you know, if you're making the film, of course you want to sell the film and you want to make money, but most people are doing it to, for other reasons besides that, to express themselves, to express their creativity. Web series is you no know, same with the play. Let's, what's the old saying in theater? There's no money in theater. So if you do a play, you're not doing it necessarily to make money. You're doing it to showcase your work. And it's no different in web series. But ironically, whenever people make a web series, people always wonder, well, how much money are you making? As if it's any different than doing a short <laughs> film or, or a movie or a play. It's the same thing. You're, you're showcasing your talent. If, if you make money, fine. But that's normally not the motivation behind it. The motivation is to show the industry what you can do as an actor, as a writer, as a director, as a producer or whatever, you know, your 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 expertise is. So, um and this is a very new industry web series, so it's still kind of finding its legs in terms of of the money because there's no real there's no real market for for web series. Um but the one thing that people are being able to take advantage of that they have been happening um is they've been adapting their web series. They'll they'll create a short series uh and they'll adapt it to another medium like television or film. For example, there was a uh, there was a web series that was made 15 years ago called Undercover Brother um, about a, a custodian, a black custodian who works in this big high-rise building with all these mucky mucks and movers and shakers, and uh, no one sees him as a threat because he's the janitor, but he's actually a spy, and he's able to get information <laughs> and download files and, and all these things on these, these corporations that they're, his company that he works for is the agency they're trying to infiltrate. And uh, it's just and well, anyway, you know, uh, Sony bought that idea. They bought the idea, and they made it into a movie called Undercover Brother, starring Eddie Griffin. And uh, it, it did pretty well. I mean, you know, and uh, but that's the first time a web series became a film. This is in two thousand and three. And the writer that created that web series, who also wrote the movie, his name is John Ridley. Well, three years ago, John Ridley won the Oscar for best uh, screenplay, adapted oh screenplay for Twelve Years Twelve Years a Slave. Same guy. Oh, my The show gosh. American Crime that comes on ABC, that's John Ridley. He's the creator of that show, American Crime, that's doing very well on ABC. So, again, uh, John Ridley uh, adapted his web series into a, into a film, and 
he had a career before that. He was a television writer, a stand-up comic, but he adapted his web series into a film and uh, and profited, made a, made a bunch of money and still making money and still doing well. But it's the same guy. The same guy that did Uncover Brother, did 12 Years a Slave, does American Crime. So that's that's the power of what, and there's a new show on HBO. HBO has two new shows coming out uh, in the next three weeks. Called One is called High Maintenance, one is called Insecure. Those are both Based on web series, those are web series that were adapted into television series. They're going to air on HBO in in three weeks. They're both based on web series. Oh um, my gosh, that's exciting! Yeah, they're coming out show on right HBO. HBO October ninth. They both debut October ninth. Okay. There's a it's show so on Comedy Central right now Comedy called Broad Central. City. Broad City is based on a web series. That was a web series that these two young ladies made. They were out of the Uptown Citizens Brigade comedy troupe. Amy Schumer was a friend of theirs. She's a member of the brigade. She saw the web series. She took it to Comedy Central where she has a deal, and they they adapted it. They they converted it into a television series. It's been on for two years. It's called Broad City. And just to show you that it it's this doesn't just happen to people we don't know. Yours truly here created a web series. My web series, which I made in 2009, three years ago, I used the web series and I wrote nine television episodes based on the web series. And I raised the money to shoot it at the television series. Well, I just sold my show, my my TV adaptation, to a major cable network. I can't name the network yet because they haven't put out the press release. Uh, it's going to air. My show is going to air next month on a major cable network. And um, but it was based on my web series. It's going to be called. Uh, just so you know, it's, it, the, the web series is called Who. The TV show is called Beauty and the Baller. It's called Beauty, Beauty. and the Baller, and it's based on a web series. And that that happened to me. This just happened to me in the last month. This is so exciting. So it's a place, it it is a showcase for talent. The web series is a showcase where people can put their work up and be discovered. Yes. And also, you can, uh, exactly, it's no different than film, television, theater. There's no difference. They're all cousins. They're all related. They're all from the same family. No one is better than the other. Exactly. Some Some are more established. Film and television are more, they're the older cousins. Theater is uh-huh. even older than them, but they're all related. They're all related. Well, let's uh, talk about your festival. Uh, that's coming up in 2017. And yes. uh, what are the requirements to submit? Well, to submit to the festival, we're open to everyone. Anyone can take a chance and submit their show if they go to lawebfest.com, lawebfest.com. You have to have at least two episodes of your show. We prefer three episodes because if we're just, if you only have one episode, to me, that's not a series. A series means more than one. So we want to see a progression. We want to see how your show evolves in two episodes, in three episodes. Most people actually have 15 episodes. The average episode, uh, show we get has an average of 10 to 15 episodes. We wow. watch all of your, we watch everything. If you have two episodes, if you have, I'm not kidding, if you have 100 episodes, we watch them all. And then we choose two or three of your episodes to screen at our festival um, during the event because we don't just screen one. Most festivals only screen one episode. Almost all of them only screen one episode. We screen two or more because, again, it's a, it's a web series festival. And I feel like if we only screen one episode, it's a short festival. That's like a, a short film festival. It doesn't, there's no difference to me. Uh, the whole idea is for the audience to sit there, see an episode of your show, see another episode of your show, to see where it's going and how it, how it evolves episode to episode. And so um, so that's what we do. And then uh, you're invited to come out and, and participate in the festival. Um, 
And uh, at the end of the festival, after three days, uh, we, we screen all day long. And, and while we're screening shows, we also have workshops on panels dealing with every aspect of making a web series, from idea to writing, directing, producing. And because the festival is so international, because we half of our participants are from other countries, uh, we have a very uh, popular panel called How We Made Our Web Series in Los Angeles, in New York, in Italy, in France, in Spain, in Poland, in what you know. We have uh, in Australia. We have so many people from Australia in our festival. We have so many people from Italy. So when we have that many, we'll have those people on a panel talking about what it's like making a show in their respective countries, with their respective laws, and what's going on. So you get that. You get a, a really unique international perspective that you won't get anywhere else in any other festivals. And uh, we also have a, one thing about web series: about half of them. I'd say almost half of all web series are made by women. The producers are are women, and so oh we have gosh. a lot of yeah for women. We have a lot of female uh, producers and directors at the festival. So we have a very popular panel called the Women Women Warriors of the Web Series World, and it is our most popular panel. It's so popular that we have two of those. We had to create a second panel uh, to fill, and we have uh, women producers from all over the world talking about um, what it's like being in charge making those key decisions, hiring, um, et cetera, and how there's more diversity. From what I've seen, there's more diversity on the web than there is in television and film combined. Like if you combine what they're doing, what you, what's happening on the web, you, there's, no, there's no contest. There's more um, diversity on the web. If there are no restrictions. Everyone is involved, and, um, and people are telling their stories. What I love is that it's not being controlled by, by Hollywood, by Madison Avenue, by Wall Street. Um, the, the, the advertisers are not dictating what the programming is. The people on the ground are dictating what they want to talk about, what's going on in their communities, in their lives, in their countries, in their cities. And um, so they have a very local but often universal feel to them because the, the themes are universal, even though the, locale, the locales are local to whatever country or state or city that the show is taking place in. So there's a real great pride of ownership with these websites. They, they're so... They're like their homes. They're how they're babies, and they're like their children. I mean, they're very, you know, they're very protective of their shows as they should be. But it's a wonderful thing. Um, it's a wonderful thing to watch come together three days in the form of a festival, and then we culminate our event with our award show. We have a, a beautiful award show that five, six hundred people attend the award show. Uh, we did it at Warner Brothers last year in the Stephen J. Ross Theater, filled the place up, and that's where people come to get recognition. You know, see what they won if they want any kind of award for their show, then it's just an amazing event. You have to see it to really appreciate it because some of these people have never been recognized ever in their lives for anything. And so Incredible. this is often the first time they've ever received any recognition for their writing, for their directing, for their producing, for their acting, editing, uh, cinematography, or whatever their expertise is. We have ver uh, 18 different categories that we give awards in, um, in comedy, drama, and reality, and then we have student. We have a student area as well because many students in high school and especially college campuses are making web series, so we've made room for them. We have a, a space for students to compete, to submit their shows, and and uh, and get encouragement and recognition for making outstanding. And sometimes the student ones are as good as the the, the professional, non-student ones. I'm it's sure they incredible. are. Yeah, it's pretty but incredible how, because these kids are so they're so talented. Yes, how on earth do you find enough judges? Because this is an hours and hours and hours of viewing that you have to put into this. That's a great question. Carol, that is such a great question. Initially, <laughs> when we started the WebFest, I had different judges, and I had them judging, and, and um, 
I found out that they weren't watching all the shows because we I, to judge you have to commit to watching every episode of whatever show that you're watching. They have eight, you got to watch all eight. If they have ten, you got to watch all ten. If they have thirty, you got to watch all thirty. You can't start. You can't watch the first twenty seconds and skip to the next one. You got to watch the whole show. And so I found that very difficult. I had I actually caught several judges who claimed to have watched an entire series. They'd only watch half the series or even two episodes, and I caught them because I, I made sure I, I watched everything so that I could, I would know. The only way I would know who was, who was telling me the truth is if I had seen them all myself. So even to this day, I'm the only person that watches everything. I have different judges. I have about a dozen different judges, and they all watch about, you know, eight to ten shows over the course of six months, and uh, and then we powwow and discuss them. They, you know, they report to me. But I watch everything to keep everyone honest. So no one, ever, they all know that if you're lying to me, I'm going to catch you. <laughs> I'm going to catch Good you because I watched everything, and I take notes on everything. And so I, I used to resent it at first. It used to bother me because it's very uh, time intensive. But over time, it, it actually I realized that it helped me. It actually helped me become an expert on web series, and it helped me. I appreciate web series more because I've seen so many. I mean, I've seen, I've watched 20, 20 something, 22, 23,000 different webisodes uh, in terms of individual episodes and over 1,500 different shows, maybe 1,800 different web, web series. And so uh, I can talk about web series with no notes. I don't have to write anything down. I know exactly, you know, because, I, you know, something you do over and over and over. And I can tell you the difference between web series in the United States, web series in Italy, web series in Spain, web series in France, web series in Australia, web series in Canada, how they're, Similar but different because they, they yeah. have a different flow to them. But this is all from just watching uh, uh, watching them uh, over and watching different shows. And sometimes uh, I've seen season one, season two, season three, season one of the same show and seen it how it's progressed and gotten better in most cases. Sometimes it's gotten worse. They've gone off the rails and gone the opposite direction, getting too cute. And so, um, so yeah. So my judges are anonymous. My judges don't they don't even know who they don't know each other because there's so much of a and not just in in, in web series but in television. In film, there's just so much of an emphasis on awards and winning. And when people find out who the judges are, they try to influence the judges. They know the judges will try to influence them and, you know, do all kinds of things to curry favor. So the way I thought the best way to handle it was to have them be anonymous. So no one knows who the judges are, so you can't influence the judges. All That's they know smart. is that I'm a judge and I watch everything, but they don't know who the other judges are. So no one knows. I never reveal who the judges are, but they're all professionals in the business. Some people are not even professional. Some people just love web series. They're not in the business, but they really have a genuine love for web series, and they watch them all the time. And uh, I figure who's more qualified to judge than the people that watch them. And exactly. so I also, and I'm also a judge. There are three judges per show. I'm also a judge. I'm the tiebreaker if there's a, if there's a tie uh, because I watch everything. And um, and that's how we've been able to do it, to keep it fair. Otherwise, I know I know other festivals where they just watch one episode of a of a web series, and they judge the entire series on the one episode. So some people they'll just turn in something that looks really really great. Everything's really great about that one episode. But if you watch the other six episodes or eight episodes or ten episodes, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. They're just playing for that one episode. So we do it differently by we don't you can't win on one episode. You don't get in on one episode. You have, we have to like at least two of your episodes for you to get in. But we have to watch everything. We, we request that we watch everything. Um, and it's in their best interest to give us everything because, uh, like television, web series is a progressive art. It's, you normally get better the more you do. Um, that's that's the, the goal. So that's how we're, we're kind of different from everyone else. 
You know, you said you take notes, which I really think is important, and I sincerely thank you for that. Do do the contestants, do they get to hear the notes? Do you ever give them feedback? Only if they it, want them. Only if they want the feedback. Sometimes they don't want the feedback. I had a situation where there was a show that had been in the festival. Um, they made a second season. This actually just happened this year. It's a foreign show. They made a second season of the show, and it was. I felt they regressed. The show felt uh-huh. more like a play. It was static and it didn't move. It, there was talking. There was no movement at all. It was just so. It felt like a play. And uh, and I've got to know these producers over the last three years. I get, you know you get to know these people. They become almost like friends. And so I they, the show did get in the festival barely. It, it got in the festival, but uh, they didn't get nominated for any awards or anything. And they were you know a little bummed out. So I I did take it upon myself to to write them and tell them where I, I feel they've kind of regressed in their work, that the, the show is not visual, it doesn't move, it's talky, it's, there's not enough going on, the story's not moving, you know. And uh, and they kind of took offense to it. They didn't take it as, even though I've known them for three years, their shows have won awards in the past, some of the shows they've done, but they did not take kindly to the criticism. Even though it was constructive and positive, they did not take very kindly to it. And um, so it was almost like, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> that's your opinion, Mike. You know, we know we've got a great show. Okay, well, that's why I don't I don't normally solicit. If they, if they, some people have asked me why didn't my show get in, and I've told them here's why I didn't get in. We even have something now called a series critique where you can you can you know when you apply at any point you can you can pay to have us give you a critique. We can tell you if you what, why it got in, why it didn't get in. It's up to you. But I I, I don't volunteer my opinion unless they ask me. Well, don't let that discourage you because it's really important for all of those people who do want the feedback to know that it is available. And I think you're you're right. Charge a little for it uh, because we, you know, I run a film grant here, and we uh-huh. often, uh, we always give feedback only if you want it. So you have to sign right. up for a conference call and get on there, and we, and we start by telling you the good stuff, and then we say right. we think this is how you could improve, and they love it. So it's it's your audience, and I've I've very seldom. I had one person start crying, and I felt so bad. <laughs> but, oh but, my god! Yeah, they're so sensitive the, because the thing means so much to them, but I know they don't it. know that you're, you're trying to help them. You're not trying to hurt them. You you want to improve and oh, get better. You know. Yes. Well, she she was a friend, and she had applied for the grant. I and I had a company before this where I used to give raw stock free, and I had always given her money in Rostock for her films but she didn't win the grant she couldn't understand it because this is much bigger than when you're just making a short film or something right now it's um bigger money and bigger uh donations from people in the industry so i'm not in control i put myself out of the loop um i i have uh thank god i have judges that have been with me for 10, 15 years, and so, uh, and they're all people from the documentary motion picture field. But getting them mm. is not easy, finding people who really care about yes, filmmakers. Yes, yes, who really care, will really put in the time, will set aside some time to really uh, serve your agenda, what you're trying to do. It's very, very difficult. And what's sad is people will say that I'll do it, they'll, they'll commit to it, and then when it's time to do it, Sometimes they they don't they don't come through. They'll 
then all of a sudden they're doing you a favor and they don't want to put in the time. And then you almost, you almost say, well, why did you even ask? Why did you even volunteer if you weren't going? You know, so it's just, but, you know, it's just finding, when you find the good ones like you have, you stick with them. You try, you try to keep them around, so. Well, let me ask you more about the festival. Um, but first of all, I noticed that from the pictures I saw, people were having a wonderful time. It looks like everybody's <laughs> having a lot of fun. So what yeah. goes on? Uh, are they it, they sharing ideas and getting familiar with each other? Yeah, they are. They're, 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 first of all, a lot of web series people feel like freaks. They feel because the web series is still new, and most, even in the United States, most people do not know what a web series is. If you ask the average person on the street, they have no idea what a web series is. Um, so the people that are making them, sometimes they feel isolated and they feel like there's something, you know, they're, they're weird. They're weirdos. And then they get in a place where you have a bunch of quote-unquote weirdos like them <laughs> who are from different parts, sometimes the same city, different city, different part of the world, but they share this similar passion and, 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 uh, uh, and uh, interest in, in making their own shows. And so that makes them happy. And then oftentimes they, they will even, uh, right on the spot there, they'll hire people, they'll hire actors or producers and directors to work on their shows, and they'll fly them here. And they'll go to Italy, or they'll go to Canada, they'll come to L.A. or New York or wherever to, to, to work on a, a show that they would have never gotten the opportunity to do had they not attended the festival. They're also right. able to talk about um, our festival is different. I, I kind of purposely have made my festival different from the average film festival, TV festival that I've always gone to in the past. I've, you know, the things that you say, well, why don't, for example, I've always thought, why not have some of the people that are making the films, why don't they get to talk? Why do we only hear from suits and people who are in the lofty tower who aren't even filmmakers? And that's, that's the only opinion that seems to matter. What about the people who are in the trenches making, making films, making shows? What about hearing from some of those people? And so one of the, the unique aspects of L.A. Webfest is that we provide a forum for the people who are making shows to talk about the process of making shows. Because who better to tell you how to make a web series than someone who's making them, who makes them all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Right. And, and also, not just in L.A. or in New York or the United States, but in different parts of the world, what it's like to make a web series. And so that, that makes them happy to get to know each other and, and know what it's like in their, to make a show in their respective countries and cities. And what I find that does, it makes the, it bonds them. It, it actually unifies them because the problems are very similar. It might be Italy. It might be Nigeria, it might be Poland, it might be uh, Switzerland, but the same problems you're dealing with uh, permits and and restrictions and money and, you know, talent, and the same kind of problems come up. And so that bonds them. And then we have parties every night. We have a networking parties where people get a chance to just relax, have a beer, have some food, and just talk to each other outside of, uh, you know, talk to each other socially, get to know each other. Our screenings, we, have, we screen... Uh, eight hours a day, and the way we screen is very unique. We we screen the shows uh, like an anthology series. Let's say uh, you have a show, I have a show, Claire has a show. We mix them. Okay, we'll see one of yours, one of mine, one of Claire's, one of yours, one of mine, one of Claire's, et cetera. And that keeps people there for the whole hour because in the past we used to just screen, okay, we'll screen, we'll screen Claire's shows first, then we'll screen Mike's shows, then we'll screen Carol's shows. Well, then the people that came for Claire, after they see Claire's work, they leave. Mm-hmm. They, hey, we came to see our girl. She was great job, Claire. And they're out of there. But if if Claire has two or three show episodes that are airing, they're not going to leave until they watch them all. Well, we've mixed them up. So you see one of Claire's, and you'll see Carol's, you'll see Mike's, you'll see Jimmy's, and then you see Claire's again. It keeps them there for the whole hour. And by doing so, they're able to appreciate 
not just Claire's work, who's their friend, who they came to support, they're able to discover your work, Carol's work, and Mike's work, and Johnny's work, people they don't even know, they didn't even know. And they come out of that hour feeling even more full and more, you know, more uh, appreciative because they, they're, they're not just, they're seeing the, the dearth of talent that's there beyond just their friend that they came to support. So that's something that we came, you know, we, again, we came up with over the course of, you know, every year you do something, you try to improve and get better and see how to, how do you retain people? How do we get people to stay in the theater and watch everything and not leave early? And that's one of the things we came up with in terms of how we screen. And then our awards show, again, uh, m- many of these people have never been recognized for anything, let alone their, mm-hmm. their creative work. And so the award show is very important to them to see uh, if they've won, if they're going to win anything. And it's, for, it's, it's like a culmination for many of them because the web series, people that are making web series, I found, are, for the most part, the profile is their average person is about 30 years old. They're about uh, 28, 30 years old. Uh, they... Uh, have a film, have a degree. They have a college degree in film and television, but they weren't able to get a job in that field. They weren't able to get a job in their in their industry, so they took a day job, and and their town has kind of been hibernating for ten years, or fifteen years, or twenty years. And here comes the web series. Here's a, it, it, the web series provides a second chance for these people to uh, go back to their passion, why they went to college, and make something that they can be proud of. And then the festival provides an avenue to exhibit that work, so it's not just on your on their computer like it would have been prior to festivals existing. And uh, and so they have a there's a pride of ownership in a web series to me that I've seen that's that's different from a short film, that's different from a uh, a film, a television episode, a show, even a play. It's there's something very very personal about these web series that they make. And so when they get any kind of recognition for it, a nomination, award nomination, and God forbid, uh, God help you, an award win, it just means so much to them. And it just validates, you know, why they went to college. It validates what they really wanted to do with their lives when they were younger. And now they've gotten older, they've got kids, they've got bills, they've got a house, they got, but, hey, that, that talent is still there. Hey, I can still do it. I'm talented. You know, I can, I'm a storyteller. And that's what the web series is providing for people. And that's why uh, there's so many popping up all over the world, um, these web series, because people oftentimes they leave my festival and they'll say, wow, I had such a great time here. Like you said, I'm so happy. I want to bring this to Rhode Island. I want to bring this to New York. I want to bring this to Washington, D.C. I want to bring this to Korea. I want to bring this to Australia. And that's why uh, of the 40, there's about 40, 45 web series festivals, I think 40 in the world, 42, 30 of them were either directly influenced by or started by an L.A. Webfest alumni. One of our alumni wow. started, or, or the, the festival is directly where they said, we were influenced by this festival, that's why we exist. So we're proud of that, you know, two-thirds of all the festivals in the world, three-fourths of them have, somehow they're, they're related to us. We had something to do with them directly and indirectly. And, um, and I'm, I'm proud of, I'm probably most proud of that because the whole idea is not about, that's why we have anonymous judges. It's not about winning awards. It's not about, a lot of the festivals, it's about awards. It's not about winning awards. That's just a byproduct of the festival. It's about the, the, the camaraderie, the fellowship, and um, the promotion and celebration of this medium and the people that are making them. And we're, I'm just happy that people have left L.A. and gone to their different countries and cities and states, and they've decided to, hey, I want to bring this feeling to my state, my country, my, my city. And that that is what makes me most proud of the festival more than anything else is that um, 
passing it on, people passing on the love and the, the, the happiness to their community, respective communities. In the form That's of, marvelous. Of, it's you know, your passion, yeah. Michael. It's contagious. Yeah. People get excited. They want to do something. Well, yes, they're they're talented. I mean, it reminds me the web series revolution. The web series, it's really a revolution. It's a movement. It's it reminds me of the rap hip hop movement, which I'm, you know, I'm I'm old enough to remember that um, how that started. I remember when there was no rap music, and I remember when it started, and I remember how it was frowned upon, um, looked down upon. People couldn't understand what these kids were saying. These kids didn't play instruments. They weren't singers. You know, they weren't traditionally talented in music the way we used to sing, but they had something to say. They had a message to get out, and they wouldn't play them on the radio at first. They weren't on the radio. You had, they were selling this these music, playing it at the beach, playing it at clubs, selling it out of their trunks of their car, uh, and eventually they created their own kind of network, their own little circuit, and eventually they created a revenue stream, how to make money on their own music. And when the big guys, when the when the big big uh, record companies heard about this, of course, when they smell money, they're like sharks. They want a piece of the money. So then they started right. rap divisions. They started rap divisions in their respective labels, and they wasted millions of dollars because they couldn't recreate the sound that these kids with no money were creating on from the street, from St. Louis and New York and L.A., et cetera. And so they then went and they bought out. They, they said, well, we can't, like Microsoft, well, we can't replicate it. It's too expensive. Well, let's just go buy these guys out. Let's just, you know. And so they went and bought Def Jam Records and Delicious Vinyl and, and Rap-A-Lot and Rock Nation. They bought all these record labels out and uh, and had those guys, These uned- a lot of these guys are uneducated, you know, guys, you know, who have this passion and talent running these la- labels and getting rich. And then within 15 years, 10, 15 years from the 80s to the 90s, by mid-90s, rap music was the dominant music in America. In the world, yeah, and right. It was the most dominant, and it, it's and now that people look at rap and hip hop like they look at rock and roll and soul and metal and uh, and, and gospel, but it now has a, a chair at the big table with everyone else. But I remember when it didn't have a chair. Nobody, they wouldn't make room for rap, but rap found a way in, and it came from within the community, not outside. It was it was something that happened from within the community, and now people like LL Cool J and Queen Latifah and Will Smith, these people are mainstream stars. They're mainstream, but these people were not mainstream 30 years ago. They were they were rappers. They were these guys over here. And the web series is very, very similar. It's new. It's different. Um, and it's it's people are suspicious of them. People are suspicious of people and look down on the people that are making web series and don't regard them in the same way they regard TV and film and theater people. But from what I've seen, the people making web series are just as talented as the people making television and film and theater. They're just as talented. You just don't know who wow. they are. Yeah, they're just as talented. They're super talented. And if given the opportunity, they can do exactly what the people in film and television and theater do. They can do the same thing. It's just about opportunity. And 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 you'll see us. I've given examples already of television shows that are based on web series that web series people have done are doing and films. And you'll, there'll be a time when there'll be a blurred line. You won't know. I mean, if a person starts off in a web series, that okay, they start off making web series. They, it, it's not going to be something that people look down on or, or as, as a curiosity because it'll be so normal. It'll be so it'll be normal, normal to make right. your own show. It'll be normal, just like rap. Rap and rap is normal. Rap and hip hop are normal now, but they were not normal 30 years ago, 35 years ago. It was not normal at all. Well, you were talking about all media practices, um, like adapting material to new mediums and what's coming out this week that came from other, like a Lethal Weapon and 
right? That was a TV. Uh, that was a movie. Oh, now yeah, it's a TV a series. Now it's a TV show. Lethal Weapon: The Exorcist. There's another. There's a third one. I'm looking for. I've been looking for the third one. There is a third show. They're all debuting this week. They're all just coincidentally. They're all debuting this week. Uh, uh, one is on Fox and one is on. ABC. I can't remember what the third one is, but they're all based on what? They're all based on movies that they just adapted for television. Uh, when you see Iron Man, The Avengers, Superman, Batman, those are comic books. Those all came from books. Right. I grew up collecting comic books, which is probably what led me to become a writer. I grew up as a comic book collector as a child and uh, dreaming, you know, dreaming through these comic books. And all these comic books that have been around since the 30s and 40s are, are, are films and TV shows. Arrow, Flash, they're doing Black, uh, Black Lightning, uh, Netflix is doing Luke Cage. I mean, those are all comic books. So that IP is being exploited. It never, when I was a kid, they weren't doing this, but it's only Superman and Batman. But Hollywood, one thing Hollywood is great at, no one does it better, exploiting an IP. Hollywood is the king of taking an IP in one medium and not just exploiting it in two mediums. They will exploit it in three, four, five mediums. They'll take an example, Beauty and the Beast, a fairy tale that became a book. Uh fairy tale became a book that became a uh, a play, that became a movie, that became a TV show, that became a cartoon. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is is been exploited in five different mediums. The Odd Couple, a play that became a TV show, that became a movie. And, then, of course, the book. They published the book. They got to publish the book. I mean, how, that's all they do. How, uh, the Exorcist, uh, a book that became a movie, now it's a TV show. So, and the web series will someday be part of this series of products, is what you're saying, that it will exactly. soon be. Well, it's already happening. I mean, um, insec- uh, the, awkward black, the Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, which Issa Rae created, uh, on HBO, that you're going to hear, it's going to be called, it's called Insecure. That's the ad- TV adaptation of Insecure. If they make a movie based on it, then that's three media. Oh, there's also a book. There's also a book that came out last year, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. So the web series has already been exploited into a book. Now it's being exploited into a television series. And that's how we have to look when you're making a web series. Even if it's yours, even if it's you're making it in your garage or your house, it's still an, a valuable IP. It's a valuable intellectual property, and you have to view it that way and not just view it in its limited form that you see it now, which is, oh, it's just a web series. Like, it has no value. It does have value. And if you don't see it, somebody in Hollywood will see it. Maybe after you're gone, they'll dig it up and say, oh, wow, look at this. Let's, you know, let's exploit this. And to, you know, and it just, it all comes down to vision. You know, it, it may not, maybe it doesn't get a lot of views as a web series. That's, you know, if it doesn't get a lot of views as a web series, that doesn't mean it's not a good web series. It just means that you're not a marketer. Most people that make web series, they're not marketing people. TV, when you make a TV show, when you're done, you give it to the marketing department. Their job is to market it, put out commercials and billboards and, and all those things to get people to watch it. Same with the movie, same with the play. But web series, you got the same people that are making the web series have to market it. you got to go on YouTube and you got to tell all your friends and blah, blah, blah. And, okay, you don't get a lot of support. That doesn't mean the show is no good. It just means that you're not a marketer. 
That's, That's not what you do. That's exactly right, Michael. I see that with my filmmakers. You know, they're build, they're making an important documentary that has a great audience, but they don't know how to find the audience and they don't know how to market it. And yes. this is the problem with a lot of filmmakers because they are the true talent. They're totally right brain. They're writers, directors, producers, and then you say, "Now go market it," and they they say, "I don't know how." It's exactly, exactly. right. Absolutely, but, and and uh, they and, the web- and then they get they get down. They'll, they'll actually judge the work based on the views. Oh, I only got a hundred views. This must not be any good. Oh, I only got five hundred views. Uh-oh. Oh, this must really suck. No, I mean, how many great TV shows got no support? A show like Cheers and 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 back in the day, Cheers and fam, uh, Family Family Ties. Those shows were dying in the basement. They were bottom of the barrel in television. And a, a show came along called The Cosby Show that resurrected NBC and took those shows with them. They put, they hit yeah. Family Ties and Cheers to the Cosby Show, and those shows became top ten shows overnight. And to this day are some of the biggest sitcoms of all time. But prior to the Cosby Show, those shows would have been canceled after two seasons. They were cancelable shows. So once they got away through the Cosby Show to, to get the exposure for these other two shows, those shows became classic shows. Or Seinfeld, which only did Seinfeld. People don't realize the first three years of Seinfeld, they only did 18 episodes of Seinfeld. They did six episodes every year because they were trying to figure out what it was, what it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles. And then by season four, <laughs> it found its legs, and then they did 22 episodes of the show, and the show is now a classic show. But they only did 18 episodes of Seinfeld for the first three seasons because they, wow. they were trying to find an audience. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. So, yeah, the product, yeah, the product and marketing have nothing to do with each other. And uh, and I always preach that to my web, to people at the festival. Don't judge your show based on views. And just because something has a lot of views doesn't mean it's any good. You know, doesn't mean it, it's any good because because you don't know the marketing machine behind it. That's right. How smart of you. Well, in closing, could you give some tips to people who are interested in creating a web series, or some people who are making it, and how to to what is it you look for when you're uh, viewing and judging? Well. Um, sure. The uh, I would say, number one, if you're interested in making a web series, the first thing you need to do before you even think of an idea is you need to watch web series. I'm amazed at how many people want to make I, I just I was, I've been counseling a young man who was referred to me by a friend just, just last night. He, we spoke two weeks ago. He said he wants to make a web series. I said, okay, well, let's talk in a couple of weeks. He calls me yesterday, and he says, I'm ready to make a web series. Here's what I want to do. No, he wants to make a short film. He decides to make a short film first. And uh, and I said, why? Well, we just think we want to go this way first. As we talked, I realized that he's, he never even took the time to watch it. He's never even seen a web series. I said, have you ever no. seen a web series? No. Have you ever watched any? No. How can you even <laughs> sit down and talk about making it when you've never seen it? Imagine saying, I want to make a film. You've never seen a film before. I said, first of all, I'm not taking you serious. No one's going to take you serious if you've never seen a film. You want to make a film. You want to make a web series, and you you think so little of this medium that you you haven't even bothered to watch a single web series, and you wonder why you don't have any ideas for a web series. And I said, you're not taking it serious. And uh, and and so I say to people, if you want to make a web series, first of all, spend some time, spend a couple of months. Just don't don't think of anything. Just watch as many web series as you can. If you're not sure what to watch, go to LAWebFest.com, look up our shows that have won awards, award-winning shows, go to those YouTube channels and, and websites, and watch those shows. Watch some of those comedies and dramas and reality shows. Watch them. Spend time watching them. And then think about your idea, because that will help you tremendously. Okay, now you want to make a web series. Well, make it. You want to make a web series, commit yourself to making it. 
Uh, if you want to crowdfund, that's fine, but you don't have to crowdfund. These things aren't that expensive. People are making web series on their day job. Some people are taking a second job maybe for three months just to save up maybe a, maybe $1,000 or, you know, just to make a web series. So make if you if you if you want to make a web series, make it. Don't let Hollywood, don't let your kids, your relationship, your job, don't, don't use that as your excuse not to do it. Do it. There's nothing to stop you but you. Do it. There's nothing. No, you don't have to get anyone's permission. You don't have to go through anybody to make a web series. I made my web series at my house. My whole web series was made at my home. I shot it all in, in and outside of my house. So you can shoot oh, it right. at your home. You can shoot it at your mother's house or wherever, at the park, at the beach. But just do something. And then when you do it, you're saying, well, how do I crew? Where do I find the crew? Where can I find people? Go to Craigslist. Go to Craigslist. You'd be amazed how many professional people are looking, they have film and television credits, they have Broadway credits, guess what? They don't have a web series credit, and they know the web series is the new hot thing. So they'll work with you. They'll, work, they'll, they'll shoot your show for $150, 200 bucks a day to, um, just to have that credit. So you can get professional people, camera people, sound people, actors. You can find them, and they'll work with you, and you can get a very quality product. Make sure that it looks good and it sounds good. Don't be cheap when it comes to your sound and right. your camera work. If you spend, right. if you don't spend money on anything else, you make sure you spend money on your sound and your camera. Nothing makes anything look cheap than bad sound. Cheaper than bad sound. You want to yeah. make sure that's tight and that's right. So that's three things. And the fourth thing is, when you're done, do, do your, you know, when you finish your post production, don't be afraid to to apply to certain to various festivals uh, to see, you know, where your work stacks up against other work. Apply to all, as many festivals as you can. And when you get in, go to the festival. Commit yourself to attending the festival so you can meet other people, network um, as well, and and uh, and see what other people are doing. Meet meet your brethren from around the country and around the world. And uh, But if this is your chance. If you want to work in the business, you can't figure out how to break into Hollywood, you're frustrated, you've got this degree, you can't get a job, take a day job, take a regular job, make your own show, at least six episodes of your own show, and then see what happens. Make sure it's well written. Make sure you make sure you take your time to write it well. You cast it well. You know you crew up. You don't have to have a big crew. It doesn't have to be expensive. Just make sure every aspect of the show is well done. You can do it. There are people that are doing it every day. They're no smarter than you. They're no brighter than you. They're just committed and determined to make it happen. You can you can you can join them. So many times people have come to the web fest. They've never been a web series. They get inspired. The next year they come back. Guess what? With their own show. And sometimes they win, they they're nominated for awards, they win awards. And they were just here a year or two ago as a visitor, as a participant, just looking at it. So uh-huh. you know, that's my advice to anyone who wants to do it. There's nothing to stop you. The, the power brokers, the, the powers that be can't stop you. That's part of why there's some hating going on where they don't want you to do it because they, they want to make you think that, you know, you can only make entertainment through them. That's not true. That's not true at all. You can make it no. through. So now that's it's my perfect. Advice. It's oh, it's wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Yeah, now let's yeah. uh, talk about the webfest uh, for 2017. What is the deadline that they have to get their submissions in for? Well, we're taking submissions at lawebfest.com, www.lawebfest.com, through uh, January 5th. Uh, January 15th is our final deadline. By February 15th, we notify all of the people that are in the festival that they're in. And uh, our festival takes place April 28th, 29th, and 30th at Warner Brothers Studios once again in Hollywood, in the heart of Hollywood at Warner Brothers. It was the first web series festival and the only web series festival ever to be held at a major Hollywood studio 
And uh, what's great about that is that you're on the lot at a legendary lot, and your TV and film people are coming by. They're coming to the festival, production companies, executives. They're so curious. What's going on? What is this web series thing? They come by. They go to the screenings. They send their they send their executives to uh, the workshops and panels, and they want to know you. They want to know who these people are that are making this uh, because they're 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 excited. They're 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 curious. They're curious. They really are. And this is great. That's the whole idea of having it in the studio. You know, because again, we're cousins. We're all related, man. We're related. Of course, of course, and we're all talented. And you have to keep and telling we're all people that. Yes. Hollywood always says they. They used to. I, I know an executive that, that said to me. She was. At, she's at the CWs. Friend of mine. She said, "Oh, um, and I've had other executives tell me that. Oh, if you're talented, we'll find you. Well, no, you, no, they won't. I know they <laughs> won't find you because they, Hollywood right. doesn't look everywhere. They don't go to small theater. A lot of them don't attend small theater. A lot of them don't watch web series." They just they don't have enough eyeballs to find to look at all the places where their where talent is lurking. But I'm I can tell you based on what I've seen working in television and film for thir- theater for thirty years and now in web series that you can, uh, you know there is no no one race, no one gender, no one ethnicity, no one country has a monopoly on talent. You can find a talented person anywhere in any place. You can find a talented person. They found this tennis player Arthur Ashe was a, doing a tennis clinic in Chad the country of Chad, but 30-something years ago, and he found this little kid that seemed to have a playing with almost, not even a real racket, but this kid seemed to really have a passion for tennis. And he, he mentored the kid. He sponsored the kid. He brought him over out of Chad and brought him to the United States to train in France. And the kid grew up to be a professional tennis player. His name is Yannick Noah. He's the Davis Cup captain for France. But that's how Yannick uh-huh. Noah was discovered, in a, in a sandlot at a clinic in Chad when he was like eight years old. By Arthur, Arthur oh. Ashe saw something in him and brought him out of there, and the guy became a professional tennis player, won the French Open in 1983. Oh, so how these lovely. people are here. If, no one, if you're talented, but either you don't have the self-confidence or no one sees it in you to bring you up, to give you a hand up and help you, you, you may just go down like so many other people, hey, here, go, here lies Mike, a guy that might have been a great filmmaker had someone or had, you know, had someone recognize his ability. And the web series is giving people a, a chance to not wait on someone to tap you and say, okay, okay, uh, Carol, you're it. Okay, Claire, come on in. No, you, you don't have to ask for me. You, you can make your own stuff and, and put it out there and let's see what happens. Let's exactly. Happens, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, I think, it's, oh, I think it's wonderful. I love it. Oh, I'm so happy to meet you. You are the epitome of the, what it takes to build something brand new like this web series. You're perfect to be there and be the, the pioneer in this area. And people are really lucky to get to see you, meet you, and learn from you. And you do give seminars at these events. They can meet you there, right? Yeah, yes. I, I moderate panels. I, I, do, uh, I do workshops that are important to me. For example, this past year at Warner Brothers, we did a workshop called Black Stories Matter. And it was in response to what was happening at the Oscars uh, and uh, in terms of uh, the shutout for – uh, non-white talent that was not recognized at the Oscars in the acting categories, and so we did a we did a panel just on story black storytelling on the web and how there's again there's more diversity in stories and there's so much so, so many people making incredible shows that you don't see on television and film about 
you know, black stories, stories that affect African-Americans, stories that affect everyone but just feature African-Americans. And so we did a whole panel just on that, and I, I moderated that panel. I did a panel on how to get into L.A. Web Fest. I did a panel giving people tips on how to get into the festival if you're trying to get in, what the, what the do's and don'ts, that kind of stuff. So I always, I always do at least one or two panels myself, and I'm, I'm accessible. I'm around. Uh, Wonderful. And, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's very important. I, I never want to lose touch with the people that I'm serving because I really do feel like I'm a, I'm a public servant. I'm here to serve them. And the festival would not exist without the people making web series because we have no sponsors. We're totally self-supported by the international web series community, which, is, which used to bother me because everybody wants to have, say, I have a big sponsor. I've got Honda. I've got Chevron. I've got – but our festival is functions because the people in the community, they support it. And so I, there's a lot of disposable income among these web storytellers that Hollywood isn't even considering when they make their you know they don't even go out these guys these guys have a lot of money you know we're living proof we wouldn't exist without the community the community supports it that's why we're in business that's why we were out eight years Juan that's fabulous eight years congratulations Michael no sponsors all right oh no sponsors so that's beautiful LAWebFest.com LAWebFest we want you. We want to. We want to let you in. We don't want to keep you out. There are a lot of these festivals. Uh, some of these festivals are just very. They're looking for just the few. We welcome every. Everyone has a chance. I like to say everyone has a chance to apply to LWF. If you may get in, you may not get in. But I guarantee you, we're going to give you an equal chance, no matter what show you. Are, no matter what show you do, no matter where you're from, what country you're from, what city, you have a chance to get in the festival, just like anyone else. Okay. Thank you so much, Michael. We really appreciate you your time. Me. I'm honored to okay. be on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. Take good care. Claire, thank you. Oh, You're yeah. wonderful. Thank you, Claire. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you both as well. All right. Be well at best best regards. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye. Uh-huh. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.